Dayton, the city of a thousand factories. It's long been an industrial linchpin in the Midwest. The scan two decades past the turn of the century, the gym city is roaring along with the rest of the 20s. It's a decade of change. Women have the vote. Alcohol is banned. Great war is over and the decimation of the Spanish flu is coming to a close. Thanks to the gumption and innovation of two native Daytonians, mankind has begun to conquer the sky itself. Gym City 21 is a Vampire the Masquerade game using 5th edition rules. The setting and rights belong to Paradox Entertainment. This game is using NPCs and setting information from an upcoming book currently planned to be published through the Dark Pack license on the Storyteller's Wall. Look for it sometime in 2023 if this interests you. The game's art has been provided by Morgan Jones. Look for more of their work in the upcoming book. Now please bear in mind, this is a mature game and the characters are monsters, not heroes. A whole lot of horrible ideas and dark and gruesome things could come up in this recording. Lines of veils have been discussed with players beforehand, but different people have different tolerances, and we understand that. Listen at your own discretion. I'm your storyteller, Andrew Seipel, usually known as Lost Demiurge when I'm online. Players, please introduce yourselves and name your characters. I'm Dark Gaia, or Dale, and I'm playing Tommy, the Setite whiskey bootlegger. Or maybe not, considering that he's currently dealing with memories that don't belong to him. Uh, I'm Alt. Uh, I'm playing Sam, the Nosferatu, uh, who has uh, found that he doesn't enjoy being underground quite as much as he thought. Uh, I'm Ash. I'm playing Helena, the uh, Malkavian who really just wants you to like her. Paradox Mimic. I'm playing Morgan Connolly, the caitiff cowboy gunslinger. Last episode, we brought the story arc known as Crack Pottery to a close. Investigating Flanagan's Bar, the uh, oddly formed coterie found a uh, madman with a bit of an army fetish running the show. He had kidnapped several doctors and forced them to do things with cocaine that no person should ever do. And was in the midst of shipping the results back to Springfield of all places when the coterie interrupted. One running firefight and hasty evacuation later, Sam and Helena got the doctors out safely Morgan Conley shot a whole bunch of people and got his hunt on. And Tommy managed to take care of the head honcho himself permanently. Destroying that destroying Sergeant Potter's soul and losing a little slice of his own. Flooding his mind with memories that are not his and gaining power thereby. Reconvening later, the group ventured back to the dandy and explained what had been going on. The dandy was a mite surprised to find that Mr. Conley had come back with more people than he'd sent out with, but kind of seemed to take it in stride. Interrupting his night with his paramour and child, he took the time to explain a few things, do them the favor of giving them the territory they'd just taken, and uh, proclaiming that he owed them a minor boon. 
seemingly not interested in anything else to do with Godri at the minute. He left them to their own devices. And for the last week or so, this sweltering week in June, as the heat is starting to build and summer is starting to roll into the Miami Valley, you have been up to your own devices for the most part. Let's see. Tommy. What was Tommy up to? So Tommy has spent the period between last session and now doing two, well, technically three things. The first is that he's been hanging out with Morgan's ghoul and Al has been teaching Tommy the ropes of kindred existence. He's a ghoul, but he's a ghoul that's been around for a long time and he knows how some things work more than Tommy at least. And so Tommy has gained a bit of an understanding of how the Camarilla and the Anarchs work. And he's decided that for the most part he seems to align with the Anarchs. After all, they're happy to let him do what he wants. He sees them as a boss who lets his employees go and do what they have to do so long as they kick up the cut back up to the boss. He also hunted down the man from the... Uh, he also hunted down the man from the bar, the ghoul that nearly died, that bled out all over the backseat of his tin lizzie. And has since turned this man into his own retainer agreed to continue supplying him with vampire blood as long as he's there whenever Tommy needs him. Yeah. And One former private Chadley Turner. Chadley Turner, indeed. And finally, given that Morgan is now something of Tommy's mentor, Mauler, and the closest thing he has to a friend amongst vampire society at the moment, he has done a boon to Morgan and helped secure Flanagan's as a permanent haven by directing some of his gang members there. The place also is a decent, decent place to store some of the hooch so that it doesn't have to sit around Tommy's casino. But Morgan can sleep during the day knowing that he has a handful of Tommy's best trained goons watching over him. Mm-hmm. About as well aged as your hooch, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Alright. And actually, that's a pretty good way to bleed into things. Morgan Conley. Yeah. He had a bit of a walkabout. He walked about the rack of the city to try and get an eye on things and found that it was uh, frequented by at least one or two familiar faces. He observed a certain go few goings-on outside the Bonton Hotel and got a sense of things. On patrolling his own territory, newly gained, he learned something else. It's a quiet place. The inhabitants are happy to stay far away from suspicious-looking folk. But there's at least one of them who's more than their peers. 
there's a figure layering up to the rail line, up near the la- rail lines to the north, who seems to ooze out of the dirt itself. And you've observed it over a night or two, coming and going. Sam went on to investigate a few things himself. Mainly, getting in, t- getting in touch with the Nosferatu in the cities. Two of them he knew already, and walking into an argument between one uh, Richter and one Torben Vitek, he let him know that contact had been established, that he was starting to make a progress on his job for the Cincinnati kindred, and that... Uh, he might be able to help out with a small matter that Torben was having. Maybe. He also went trolling around downtown and managed to f- eventually find an Osferatu who seemed to be of the uh, not Camarilla variety. And Osferatu explained he was passing through, but did manage to give Sam a few directions in exchange for some friendliness to his dog, the CNI dog, as it were. And as for what Helena did, we'll get to that shortly. But what I'd like everyone to do for me right now is go ahead and roll a rouse check on tonight. And see how your blood's treating you. One success. I get hungrier. Oh. This is the first time Helena's gotten hungrier. We'll get to that in a mm, second. It is, yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> Ah, Sam does not get hungrier. Mr. Conley? Uh, There's a fail, so I do get hungrier. And Tommy's Tommy's not getting hungrier, but he's waking up from the day sleep today, once again staring down at his hands, realising they're not his own, as images of some forgotten battle in the trenches flash through his mind. It's been a few days. The images seem to be fading a bit. Your hands are starting to become familiar to you again, but it always takes a few seconds once you wake. That disorientation. This isn't going to be over quickly. Certainly not. Mr. Conley wakes hungry. In his car... In his coffin in the hotel room, hearing out in his uh, steamer trunk in the hotel room, hearing Owl bustle round outside, and the weeping woman's voice comes to you again. Listen to him. So clumsy, so cocky, so arrogant. You could teach him a lesson. Maybe. That has proven himself so far, so I don't think that's necessary. They all fail. They're all just food in the end. You'll see. Meanwhile, Helena, you awaken there in that kennel you've been rooming with Sam in. And for a second, you think... How did I go to sleep in a movie theater? As you're hearing faint, distant, tingling music in the background. And 
film is flickering and fl and sparks are kind of flashing and the the black sense as titles as it the title play card rears up helena's hungry life oh i love this and you see and you see your sire walk on screen as the movie starts in your kitchen and he's looking around looking around looking at one of the servants he kind of does a double take at her then starts tying a bib around his mouth as he turns toward the camera <laughs> and it switches to text helena you need to feed <laughs> oh. and then it flickers back to the scene and it's just his legs and hers thrashing on the ground as a pool of blood spreads black in the black and white and it flashes back to the title play card slurp if you keep letting this go slurp it won't matter who's around dear slurp see to it or i will okay okay and then the movie fades. Helena rubs her temples and sort of grins to herself. But you don't have time to see to it right now because you got somewhere else to be tonight. We'll get to that in a minute. Tommy. You've woken. Yeah. It's probably about the night that the lot of you who having passed each other in the darkness coming and going checking back in on flanagan's every now and then not so much for sam and uh, helena they've been busy with other things but they did the code read it's kind of sunk in that yes this is your territory now what does that mean maybe we need to talk about that so tonight's the night you kind of arranged to set aside to go and have a talk about that First thing Tommy's Tommy, going to do... Yep, go ahead. But as Tommy is making ready for that and passing out instructions to his mooks, because, you know, you got an organization. Yeah, you can't say, just... Getting my, you know, picking... Handpicking a few of the men. There's a couple that, you know, are angling for a promotion. And tonight's the perfect test, you know. Let's see who can actually keep the casino and the speakeasy running in Tommy's absence. So he's going to pick four or five men and place each one in charge of a different part of the casino and at the end of the night when he returns he's going to see who's performed the best out of all, all right. five of them and he's well aware that they're going to be taking shots at each other throughout the night trying to sabotage each other and this in Tommy's mind just leads to more competitive service all right so you drill the five men into your office and you each assign them a task then you get to the sixth man and realize you don't have a task for him look over at the sixth man and he's I an on-the-strip looking guy he looks vaguely familiar dressed just like all the rest of your mobsters look over at him and i say ah you know what you're with me tonight might need an extra gun you never know I should certainly hope so, says Father Anders, as uh, the mask fades from his face. Tommy, my boy. The other men are pretty much looking around in surprise. That wasn't, that wasn't where did he come from? Let's have us a talk before you head out to this. You didn't say you were going to do an expansion there, Tommy. 
with a hand gesture, I dismiss the other five men, and when they leave the office, I turn to the Calvinator, open it up, pull out an armful of bottles of whiskey that have been mixed with blood taken from Tommy's various victims, and mm. I carry them over to my desk, plop them down, just to <sighs> offer one to my sire, and then take a seat behind my desk, taking a stretch, and I say, Set's bounty has been fruitful these past few weeks, my sire, and... With Set's guidance, I have decided to make an expansion to Flanagan's Bar. It was abandoned, and... Well, now that the riffraff have been cleared out, I thought it would be a perfect place to store some of the hooch so it's not sitting out there on the casino floor. Hmm. Very sensible. Why Flanagan's? Where is that exactly? Describe... I describe where Flanagan's is. And then I say, because mm. this is my sire, and as far as Tommy's aware, his sire has been there for him, he's passed down Seft's gift. So, Tommy says, there was uh, some riffraff there. Now, at first I thought they were an offset of Sinetti's gang, some of the dregs left over after I took them out. But, see, they had, well, you didn't tell me. Sir, that there were others of our kind in this city. In and an instant, he's up and across this. Others of our kind? Yes. You ran into... Other blood drinkers? Indeed I did. I gave you... I told you to stay in here as much as possible. What happened? What drew you outside? Tommy sighs and he says, Well, you know, Eddie, my... My old friend, Eddie, and I, I owe a lot to him. And you said, you said that when we become blood drinkers, there's those certain people, those people that anchor us to what we used to be, you know. And, well, I was doing a favor for Eddie, and it turned out there were others and they were doing a similar favor for other folks, and we was looking into the same things, just about. Tommy, I need you to roll me a resolve comp plus composure minus the strength of your blood bond as he stalks around the office like an angry lion. Very well, very well. Resolve plus composure minus the strength of the blood bond, leaving me with a dice pool of two zero successes. You! Whoa, this is the angriest you've ever seen him. And you can't help but want to make amends desperately. You love this man like you have never loved anyone else. And he is displeased, you're pretty sure, at you. Tommy, <sighs> Tommy composes okay. himself, is instantly wrapped with this shame. and He bows his head and he says, Alright, alright, look. 
No, I messed up, but no, I wasn't supposed to stray into others' territory, like you said, but I thought I was, thought I was doing a test for set. I thought I was following the path laid out to me, and I will do my very best to ensure that from now on, I do not stray from that path any further. We can turn this to our advantage. Tell them, tell me, tell me. Were any of them upset? No, and uh, quite frankly, they didn't seem to take very kindly mm. to me talking about set. Fella by the name of... Of course you told them. Why wouldn't you told, tell them? Yes. Why wouldn't you? Fella by the name of... What was his name? Fella by the name of the Dandy, they were calling him. He, he, he laid it on pretty thick, told me that uh, certain folks around here would not appreciate me talking about set, and that... I would be liable to, uh, maybe get hurt if I kept on up about it. So, I decided it was best for the time to hold my tongue, but I will persist in bringing them two sets ever-loving wisdom in my own way. The Dandy. Yes, I recognize that name. Alright, alright. No, no, this is salvageable. This is... Understand, he says, going over and checking the door, making sure it's locked, then coming back. Understand that there is much more I was going to tell you when the time was right. But uh, you needed to grow first. You needed to mature. You needed to prove to me that you could handle yourself and... Frankly, you've not disappointed. Either monetarily or through your personal development. I am displeased, but not with you. So you may relax. Tommy instantly relaxes. His body, which was all stiff, instantly goes limp as he sinks into his chair. I will be brief, as you've put yourself in a dangerous place. But, as you said, you are being tested, and set moves in mysterious ways. There are Eidolons. Children of Set who rejected their father and fled from him. Fled from the father of all vampires. These Eidolons started their own hmm, bloodlines, as it were, and these mongrel filth spread throughout the world, not knowing the true nature of their parentage. All are of the blood of Set, it is true, but some do not think so. They call themselves by different names. Vendru, Mulgavian, the Sombra, this and many others. And they will all need to be brought back into the fold, indeed, when some are ready and prove willing enough to open themselves to the truth. They can be brought into the Church of Set. We do not discriminate. But we are the true heirs of the blood. We are the unpolluted bloodline. Tommy nods and he thinks of Sam and he, 
he thinks of what Sam looks like under his hood and bandages and how he first described his state as a curse. And he thinks of Helena and how there's something about Helena, how she she certainly doesn't look like Sam. She certainly still has her beauty, but there's something about her. It's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. And then he nods once more and he turns to Pastor Anders and he says, Yeah, and each of them cursed by set in their own way. I understand it now. Hmm. In any case, I had a mind to put you into a position to start spreading the true faith in this city when you were ready, but you may have jumped the gun a bit through no fault of your own. So, here's how we can salvage this. Do not speak of me. If you have spoken to me already, do not speak of me again. Tommy shakes his head. Not by name, my sire. All I have done is say that I was granted a gift by an agent of Set. Mm. It is my duty to make sure that this gift is not squandered. Hmm. I would say, do not try to convert anyone yet. You have made allies, you have made contacts, presumably. I hope you left your enemies in piles of dust, as sets decrees. Tommy winces at this. He looks down at his fingers tapping on the desk and looks up at his sire and says, Well, he knows he can trust his sire. He loves this man more than anything, and he says, Diablerie, I was told it was called. We are dealt with him. You did what? At this, Tommy smiles, a cold smile, and in spite of himself, he's sort of enjoying that his sire was taken aback for just a moment. And he nods, and he says... Sergeant Potter was his name, and through my head right now, I have his entire life story running like a picture show. He looks into your eyes and says one word. Neil. Tommy does so. Thump. Up out of his seat and thump straight on the floor. Forget I did that. Oh, here, here, son, you don't need to prostrate yourself. He says, as it, as your memory skips beat and he's helping up on the floor. I understand it was a bit much for you. Uh, Diablerie is, uh, hmm. Uh, you should probably not speak of that to anyone else. Tommy that knows. is a thing that is, hmm, will drive others to hunt you and fear you. Even more so than the true bloodline. It is best uncautiously as well. That said, Set does not forbid it. 
but it is the one sin that we must partake in moderation. It is one of his more advanced trials, you see. Tommy just nods. He smiles, perhaps not quite getting it. And he simply says, Message received loud and clear. Don't worry, I'm well aware that this is not something I wish to be running my mouth about. Alright then. Remember, mention me not, mention not Diablerie to casual listeners. Work your way inside slowly. Find who, find those who are weak, those who are unguided, those who are lacking and seeking faith, though they know it not. Those you may someday draw into the church of said. All others, deal with them carefully. And remember, we have no true friends among the children of the Eidolons, just pawns and rivals. Tommy shrugs. That's how he's been but a friend- seeing people his whole existence. But a friendly face goes a long way toward uh, putting it pawns between yourselves and enemies. Ah, speaking of that, do you have this month's check? He says, unbuttoning his collar. Tommy pulls open the drawer of the desk, reaches in, pulls out a stack of $100 bills, and he just slides them across the desk up to the bottles of whiskey. He picks it up and counts it. Full $800. Hell of a lot of money. It's been setting your casino back for quite some time to provide him this monthly stipend. Tommy doesn't and he smiles and leans in. Well then, it's time for your drink, my boy. So Tommy drinks from his sire in a very strange way. He's not quite sure how this works. Because normally, Tommy's not aware of this, but normally, when the Vitae comes from the vein and is stored in a container, it loses its potency. And yet, as Tommy rushes to the Calvinator, pulls out a bottle of hooch, this one untainted by blood, He carries it over to his sire and watches as his sire reaches up, bites into his wrist and lets the blood flow down into the bottle of whiskey and when he's done, corks it. Tommy takes the bottle from his hands, slides it into his jacket pocket as he has a feeling he will need this later tonight. Remember, before the night's out. But then you know that already. Tommy nods. All right. It is best, I think. I think Set knew better than I when you were ready and set you upon this path. We'll see where it leads. 
I'll be checking in a little more often to see how you go. Just and uh, then his feet. Next time, maybe a little warning. You know, uh, you know, I had the the guys here, and they're all jostling for a promotion, and they're they're at each other's throats, and you know, it's chaos out there. And hmm. Well, we'll see how I feel next time. And then he. Then his face seems to twist and reshape itself and his clothes alter slightly in the shadows until the nondescript guard is there again who tips his hat and locks the door and sees himself out. Tommy makes his way back to his chair and he just sits down and reflects on what just happened. And someone else makes their way out from that office as well. Although Tommy does not know it, nor does anyone else. Elena spent her last week spying on Tommy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't> know. <laughs> I know what you All doing. right. Last summer. <laughs> All right. Does anyone else have any business to take care of before y'all meet up at the shell that is Flanagan's? Oh, uh, Nick, sounds already. Tommy's ready to go. Yeah. All right. Elena, do you have anything? Elena's going to keep the information that she has got gathered to herself for now. Yeah. There's not really much time to go disseminate it before the meeting anyway. Indeed. Mr. Conley. Nothing in particular at the moment. Alright. Will be will you be taking the streetcar to the site or are you gonna break your horse out? the type of place where people still ride horses or is it everything's streetcar now oh no horses are still in use in Dayton at this point in time uh, they're mostly pulling carts or you know used by mounted police but they're, they're still a thing the, the Midwest in general was in a transition period between agrarian and mechanized at this point in time and though the streetcar services are proving to be reliable and cheap enough, people still ride sometimes. Uh, yeah, they'll probably go by horse. Your horse is very happy to see you when you catch the streetcar down to the fairgrounds, down to the stables where Al put him. He nuzzles you affectionately, kind of sniffs around at where the wound wa on your head was before you healed it, looks at it a few times. Come to think of it, it has been a while for him. Yeah, because of the mishap. <laughs> mm. Oh no, he's been drinking your blood for right. quite a time. He's probably going to need feeding in a night or two. Should be good for now. 
but it'll need tending to. Otherwise, you know, some stable hand's going to walk in to find a pile of bones where a horse was one night ago. And really, the hardest thing once you've got him out of there is reining him in, because this guy goes fast when he wants to. This is the first chance he's had to stretch his legs with his master atop him. But you manage. You know slouch at this, and uh, you pick your way into the inner east. And one of these days, I'm going to have to figure out how to put pins in Owlbear Rodeo stuff. Where would you like one? I can put one. Hmm. Well, let's see. I'd say... Do you see where it says Wyoming Street above Walnut Hills? Sure do. Yeah, somewhere around that vicinity. I can always move it later if it ends up in a place I don't like. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, how do we shrink that sucker down some? Yeah, that's close enough. Plonk it there. And what should the label be? There we are. Yeah, Flanagan's lovely. Flanagan. Lovely. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Tommy and Morgan are the first to show. There is only a couple people walking the streets in suits that are a little too nice for the area. They've been told to leave their guns out of sight so as not to attract attention. But it doesn't look like there's too many pe other people here to give attention at the minute. They recognize you and yet wave you in. Sam and Helena are coming from a little bit further away. And they show up uh, about ten minutes later. Hopping off the streetcar. I presume Sam's wearing his usual bandages. Sure is. And we can go outside at the moment. Yeah. Pretty much. You catch a few sympathetic looks from people on the streetcar. People who are missing arms, legs, a guy who's got like a tin mask over one part of his face. There's plenty of factory workers here who lost something in the war. And for the minute, at least, you seem to be treated like any other veteran or victim of some horrible mishap or accident. It's kind of a bittersweet feeling to be uh, looked down on by everybody. It's a bit of um, a bit of cover and a bit of clearance, but it uh, sure doesn't feel fantastic. A humble sort, Sam. Consideration he didn't turn, perhaps. Flanagan's as much as you left it. There's a couple of new bullet holes in the wall from that running shootout you had. <laughs> that the moonlight shines through. Oddly clear night. The smog isn't so bad at the minute. Yeah. There's a uh, couple new lanterns put in that the goons brought. There's a couple of them watching the door to make sure nobody interrupts. But the four of you, five, maybe five. Are you bringing Al, Mr. Conley, or are you leaving him to tend to his own business? Uh, we're just meeting up to talk about Flanagan, so I'll, yeah, leave Al to his devices. All right. 
You mentioned something about uh, blackjack and hookers, so it's probably best to let them go blow, blow off steam. All right. And there you are, and there you are in the empty bar with the bottles that uh, the Irishman had been packing up still rolling around on the floor. And the old rotten blood smell now permeating the air. As, as Tommy sees this, sees the bottles rolling around and smells the blood, he, he looks in Morgan's direction and he says, I know you came on a train and all, but you ain't heard of cleaning up? What, this? This ain't much. Tommy shrugs and says, oh, well... Suit yourself, but, uh, it ain't, a uh, very, uh, hospitable when you got guests, is, is all, you know. Place smells like blood, and I guess you've been around for a long time, you're, you're probably used to that, but, uh, well, for me, it, uh, well, you know, puts me a bit on edge, is all. Helena doesn't get the problem after spending the week in the shelter. Yeah, Sam isn't bothered by any of it. Any of it. He just uh, kind of pushes a couple of bottles off a box, like clatter to the ground, and plops himself down on it, making himself very comfortable in at home. Tommy just stands, leans up against a nearby wall, and normally the smell of blood wouldn't bother him at all, but right now that smell is bringing up an association he doesn't want to deal with. It's making him think of the fields of France, of Young men, blown to pieces, bleeding out on the battlefield. Another of Sergeant Potter's memories. Uh, Sam notices that he's spacing out. Hey, you're uh, looking a little green today. Tommy looks over at Sam and he says, Ah, yeah, you know, uh, it's been a rough couple of days. I've had a lot to think about, you know. A week ago, I uh, wasn't even aware you guys existed, and suddenly here we all are. <laughs> it's a lot to mull over, you know. Uh, Sam just nods courteously. <laughs> well, I don't, <clears throat> I don't suppose any anyone else has had a look around our new. So-called territory. Tommy just shakes his head. Uh, would Helena have picked up much while she was uh, out and about, as it were? Hmm. Not really. Tommy came up here once and gave a bunch of directions to the men he left here. But then he left and he followed him rather than the men, so... You know he's got he's behind the guards patrolling here. That's about it. Damn, you're a you're a local, aren't you? 
Me? Yeah. What of it? Well, do you do you know much about this place? Like, surely you must know your way around. Yeah, life maybe. Things are different now, though. Right. Looks like we're all uh, all a little lost then. As you say, with that, actually, with that comment, she sort of pointedly glances over at Tommy. As you say that, I'd like everybody to give me a wits and awareness, if you please. Very well, very well. Uh, that's going to be twice. That's five. Four. Oof, five. That's four. Benefits of hypervigilance. Wow, okay. Five, four. Oh, that's five for me, sir. You guys are on edge. Yeah, we're all on edge tonight. Mm -hmm. Morgan? Uh, what's that? Uh, critical five. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think we noticed where the one of you are prompting. So, so being, uh, pretty much... Okay. <laughs> Nobody really came in here with a clear uh, direction or anything really much to discuss. So in the awkward silence, you're hearing you're hearing uh, the sound of somebody trying to sneak in through the back door. Tommy just looks Morgan. over at the others. Morgan, the they're kind it. of heavy set. They're wearing boots. Any other criticals? Yeah. No. <laughs> for me. That's it. Alright. Oh, no critical for me. You guys hear that? Yeah, to Tommy's just shrugging like he can't believe how obvious this person is being, whoever they are. Hello? There's a pause. Oh, uh-uh. Hi there. And you see, in the dim lights of the lantern, a pair of glowing red eyes kind of ease around the side. That open door frame that leads to the stairway in the back. And then the eyes fade, and you're looking at probably one of the ugliest faces you've seen that ain't Sam. Let me go ahead and pull it up. Get to Homebear Rodeo. Can we help you? You're looking at a figure wearing kind of torn, ragged, and frankly dirty clothes. An ugly sweater under a heavy overcoat. You're looking at uh, kind of matted hair. Heavy bunch of work boots and some trousers that don't match the sweater or the jacket. And if it weren't for the voice, there'd be no indication at all that you're talking to a lady. Yeah. You're not the same as the guy who was here before, are you? The same? Yeah, I'm guessing by all that stuff and the whole massacre thing in the paper that he's out and you're in... You mean Sergeant Potter? 
angry looking guy, big five o'clock shadow, drill sergeant's hat. Yeah, he's that. gone. Like you said, okay. big massacre. Place is ours now. And who are I you exactly? Glass daggers, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I'm Gopher, and she's offers that. Yeesh, that hand is filthy. Tommy just. Helena tries to give a look to Gopher, like do not do go not for Tommy's Tommy. hand and offers her own. Tommy okay. raises an eyebrow. He just takes a look at Sam, and he says, oh, "She." Sort of looks like you, don't she? A friend of yours? To Helen, there's immense relief. It's mud. It's just mud on her hands, that's all. <laughs> Mud's okay. Yeah, yeah I can't seeing her before. Gopher gives it a strong squeeze and looks over. No, no, I don't think you're kin to me. I, I have a feeling. You're a Nosferatu, right? Yeah, you got it. I'm Gangrel. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm guessing you're our neighbor up near, from up near the station. I don't think I've met a Gangrel before. Oh, I thought someone was watching me. I should be more careful. She kind of settles down on the stool. Yeah, I'm... I had an agreement with the other guy. I keep an eye to the north, and he let me lair there. Never saw any trouble there. Whoever came and massacred, which I'm guessing is you, you didn't come from the north, did you? No, it wasn't, was it? No, you didn't. Okay. Well, in that case, I I feel better. <laughs> Not my fault. <laughs> so, uh... I'm willing to do the same thing for you all if you let me keep my squat. It's a nice place. Nobody bothers me. I mean, they make noises about the boogeyman, Shimmerman, but I ain't never seen the guy. Uh, Sam's eyes go wide for a second and um, narrow again very quickly. Yeah, we ain't gonna do the whole massacre thing on you, uh, like, uh, we did to the, uh, Potter, but, uh, yeah, we can use, we can use, definitely use some extra eyes and ears. Alright. Hey, yeah, just don't, don't touch the hooch, and, uh, you can do what you want. Oh, is that what they've been moving into here? It's a really shitty spot for a speakeasy, if you ask me, but, I mean, okay. Tommy nods. Uh, we're just storing it here. I gotta speak easy, and I, you know, I can't have this stuff just sitting around. Make room for more tables and customers, you know. Oh, okay. You mind if I buy a few bottles off you now and then? It makes great bait for my, uh, lunch. Hey, I don't care who's buying, as long as they's buying. All right, all right, we can talk price after. That's good. Oh, glad we were able to come to an arrangement. Some of the people in this city, they get mighty snippy about territory. You'd think we were in, like, one of the fancy East Coast cam places or something. But... Um. But, yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, one fancy guy is always like, uh, do what you want, and uh, but I need a favor. And the other guy's like, you need to help fight the camp. And before you. So, I mean, having people who don't get all up in arms about that's nice. So I take it you're not uh, friends with uh, what's they called, the Camarilla? Uh, it's a little different for Gangrel. We don't seem to stick in one place or the other, so a lot of us don't bother with politics, and all the Camarilla is is politics. I just go oh, around the tr- Yeah? No, I just go. I just mean, don't worry about it. Okay. I don't worry about a lot of things. I tell you, the trains are the greatest inventions ever. I can sit on one and go from place to place. And when day comes, I just hide in the dirt. Night comes, I wait for the next train. I, I've seen so much of this country. It's great. What do you mean, hide in the dirt? Oh. It's a thing we can do. We, those of us who are good enough at it, we can sink into the earth so deep nobody can find us. Huh. Yeah, I could do Some, that. If you want, I could teach you, but I need a favor. That's how it works. Wait, wait, wait. You, you mean. During the day, when, when the sun's out, you, you're in the ground, like in a grave mm-hmm. sort of thing. You, you dig a hole and, and bury yourself in the dirt. Yep, except I don't need to dig. I just call the blood a little and... Tommy's in 10, 12, 20 feet under, it's nice. Helena sort of thinks about all the times that she wishes she could have done that. Yeah. Not just because of the sun. Yeah, Tommy as well, but he's thinking for a different reason. He's thinking about all the times when he was smuggling hooch across state lines. Instead of having to find a a place to crash for the night, he could have just got out the car and sunk into the ground. Uh, Sam nods, uh, kind of understanding, sending the plight. Yeah, sounds like a you're really living the uh, the high life, as it were. I tell you, it's great. <sighs> I love, I do love it. It took me a while to adjust to it, but I don't miss any part of what I left behind. Hmm. So how about you guys? Where are you from? What's your stories? Tommy shrugs. Uh, I own a uh, casino up in Haymarket. I'm a local. Uh, don't get out of town much, but uh, I mean, uh, mm. I've been around. I've been to Chicago. I've been up to Cincy. I've uh, been all over, but this is my stomping ground, so uh, need a local guide. I'm your man. Haymarket? Wow. What kind of deal did you cut with Lib to live there? Whereas I know that's her domain. Tommy raises an eyebrow again. He says, uh, I'm sorry, Liv? Lib. Lib? Wasn't Lib. aware there Lib was Hedges. A, wasn't aware there were others uh about kinds up in that direction. 
and Tommy. And Sam, for that ma- for that matter, I- actually any of y'all can roll a uh, streetwise plus intelligence. Yep, so that will be four. That is three successes for Tommy. Uh, one for Helena. So it'll be funny. Uh, just one for Sam. All right. Helen and Sam, the name sounds familiar. Morgan didn't get anything, right? Uh, actually, two successes. <laughs> two successes. Morgan, Al's talked about this. Leb Hedges is evidently the uh, most prominent madame in the city. One of the si- and Tommy knows this too. One of the city's most wealthiest women, who made her living through running legalized prostitution. Wait, wait, wait. You she's, mean she's one of us? Yeah, she is rich, Tommy. She is owned significant parts of this city, Rich. <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't you think it was funny she was still in the game at like 70-something? 80-something? However long? I don't know. Well, uh, you know, I didn't really think about it. I, uh... That's not my business, you know. I, 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 unless I was muscling in there, I didn't bother to do my uh, homework. But uh, wow, yeah. Think about it. She's so been here quite a while. Know that? You never met her, and your kindred, and you're living there. Oh man. Hmm. She's the reason the rack's the rack. I mean, nobody else messes with it because she's there. You might want to... I mean, I'm not big on advice and, you know, territories kind of meh because if somebody gives you grief, I just go somewhere else. But you might want to have a talk with her. Just saying. Tommy, uh, Sam recognized this is a great opportunity to do some field work. Tommy yeah, makes we should uh, no... totally get on to that. Tommy makes no indication that he thinks this is a good idea. He just shrugs. He says, uh, yeah, I don't know. She hasn't, uh, hasn't seemed to give me any trouble, but, uh, you know, what do I know? If she runs part of the city, we should, uh, definitely go, uh, introduce ourselves, at very least. I mean... From what I've heard, she's one of the biggest information brokers in town. So, if you got any information, you could, like, buy, sell it to her, or you could buy stuff from her. So, there's that. Yeah, I'm just surprised you didn't know, since and you've been living there. Huh. Well, okay. I mean, you know, my guys, you know, they've checked out her establishment, but you know, I'm a businessman, I ain't got time for that stuff, and well, to to be honest, I, uh, didn't really think a madame of all people could be, uh, you know, (laughs) anyone worth paying attention to. Uh, Sam scoffs and finds it funny that, um, that Tommy is bright, but not bright enough to do simple addition. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, if you are heading that way, uh... uh, She fishes around in her pockets, pulls out a couple wiggling earthworms, tosses them aside, pulls out a crumpled piece of paper. Um, if you are heading that way, could you drop this off? 
I'm I'm waiting for a friend. That that's the only reason I'm still in town, and it's basically asking if she's seen him. What and I mean? It? Hmm. You wanted to give. You want us to give something to her. Well, what is it? It's a letter that says, "Hey, I'm waiting for my friend Skunk. He looks like this. Have you seen him?" Okay. Tommy shrugs. And I will owe you one favor if you do, and tell him that Gopher's waiting over in the inner east. And you know, if there's one thing and, uh, I'm good at, it's delivering things. So, uh, sure. And I mean, if you guys see him at some point and tell him where I am, I'll owe you a favor instead. So. He's hard to miss. He's uh, dresses kind of, you know, and whatever he can get off his prey, and he's got a white streak through his hair, and he talks kind of like he smokes too much. Helena is eager to get that favor away from Tommy. Yeah. I probably bugged half the people in the city asking if they seen him. He's supposed to be here by now, but he's not. So, here's hoping. I mean, All can't right. speak for the rest of you, but uh, I'm not doing anything tonight. We could head on over and introduce ourselves right now, pretty much, more or less. Yeah, I was just planning on making sure Flanagan's was up and running. I ain't got nothing else to do. Well, you can do that, and we can take care of this. We don't have anything on. Yeah, we'll, we can take the favor for uh, for this, and uh, you can take a different favor for something else that you, know, you could go help out with. Okay, sure. I mean, maybe I might want to cool. check out this, uh, check out this lib, uh, since she's apparently been my neighbor this whole time, and I didn't know and all. Well, you don't have... unsure of Tommy's neighborly intent. Well. I... get the sense you guys are gonna have a busy night, and frankly, this is the most I've talked to somebody I wasn't drinking so in a while, so I think I'm going to leave you to it. If that's okay. And uh, thanks for being understanding about my lair and all. You take care, Gopher. Always do. Since he grins a cheerful snaggletooth grin and walks out. Well, hey, uh, you know, I wouldn't say she was uh, the most presentable, but uh, she's willing to pay for hooch. I'm willing to. Willing to talk to her, you know what I mean? Do you make comments on everyone's appearance? Tommy shrugs. Women. Hey, you know, first impressions go a long way in my line of work, and you only get it one chance to make one, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, with that, Sam feels quite eager to up. <laughs> move on and away from Tommy if possible. <laughs> they were kind of burning night here now. We should uh, probably get moving. All right. Hey, this live a visit. You guys have a 
you guys uh, have a good night and uh, best of luck in whatever you're doing. And uh, remember, uh, after I extend it to her for the hooch, you know, if you guys need any, it's uh, all stored here. Just take it up with Morgan and we'll work something out. Goodbye, Tommy. Tommy just nods. Uh, Sam's going to shuffle off his box and start making towards the exit kind of, without saying a word. Alright, so is let me Morgan get this coming with us? That is a question. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's been curious to go. Yeah, he's been curious to go check out Lib since checking out the rack. Okay. As Morgan, kindred, that makes more sense. <laughs> as Morgan starts to move towards mm. the door, Tommy just shrugs and he says, Alrighty then, we may as well go together, go as a group, you know. Uh, I gotta admit, I'm curious to see uh, how this madame's uh, carved out a spot for herself, and... You know, I know there are rules to follow, I best make sure I check in, make sure everything's above board with me being there and all. Uh, Sam's uh, shoulders slump very slightly, which tries not to make a big deal of it. <laughs> yeah. You didn't happen to bring Tin Lizzie with you, did you? Sure did. Didn't make traveling a... Oh, thank the stars. Never go anywhere without her. Uh, just be careful. I had the back seat reupholstered the other night. After uh, Chadley bled out all over it, so, uh... You know, any dirt, any mud, anything you got, just uh, brush it down, please, thank you. And then Tommy leads them over to Tin Lizzie, and he climbs into the driver's seat and gets ready to taxi them to Libs. After the last couple of days, um, Sam's clothing is the most mud and grime-free it's been in a long time, so he doesn't need to dust himself off this time to get in. With three successes on that streetwise check earlier, you know exactly where to go. And it isn't long before one car and one horse are pulling up in front of the old Bonton Hotel. Once a, fa- once a fancy Victorian-era mansion, it's uh, been turned into a different kind of business entirely. And as you find your parking and uh, horse-tying arrangements, and t- respectively, you end up making your way inside Morgan. It's a different set of birds watching the doors tonight, but it's still birds. The rest, yeah, the rest of you find yourself in a fairly nice antechamber with a low bar with several keys set up behind it and a very attractive young woman in a very prim and proper gown missing just a few buttons smiles at you from behind the desk oh my four visitors at once and Bryce catch hold catch Helena's hmm will you be rooming together then or is this um um separate is fine yeah we're just I here see. on business tonight <laughs> dollface <clears throat> right yeah yeah. Business? 
Tommy reaches into his jacket and he pulls out his cigar box and a lighter and he looks over at the girl and he says, hey, you don't mind if I uh, light up in here? Of course not. Tommy nods. Go he's going to do a blush of life. That is a success. He doesn't get hungrier. And then he lights the cigar, sticks it in his mouth and puffs out a plume of smoke, feeling the calming effect instantly. And, and he says... Yeah, we're, uh, we're here to speak to, uh, Lib, uh, if she's in tonight, uh. Hmm. Turns out we, uh, might have, uh, some proposals for her. I see. Hmm, do you have an appointment? Uh, no. With Miss Hedges? No, but, uh, at this point, Tommy just... Steps forwards, looks into the girl's eyes, and he's going to rouse the blood. And once again, that is a success. He doesn't get hungrier. And he says, uh, we don't need no appointment, dollface. You're going to let us in to see uh, Miss Hedges, and no more questions about it. Of course. You can go in to see Miss Hedges, and I'll ask no more questions of you. She's uh, second door upstairs to the right. She walks out and opens the door. And Tommy, you see a uh, shotgun holstered in the desk behind her, swinging its sling as she gets up, and it was hidden by her skirt earlier. Second door to the right. Thank you, ma'am. Tommy gestures for the others to follow him. He says, looks like uh, we got an audience with the Queen. Uh, Sam's going to hurriedly follow. This is definitely not his uh, not his wheelhouse. There's beautiful people everywhere. Well, I was following Indeed Sam. there are. The antechamber was fairly discreet. Nicely decorated. Some good paintings. The carpet was rich and luxurious. The furnishings were tasteful wood. Inside, it's like a warehouse full of gaudy, expensive stuff exploded over the j- main chamber. This was the front room of the mansion in days past, with a double balustrade, staircase stretching up to a balcony, and uh, passageways going off of it. There are, there's an honest-to-God statue, a Greek-style statue of a nude woman, kind of throwing her arms back and her head up. There are paintings that all look very expensive that don't quite match with the decor, as if they were scavenged from here and there. And all around, in couches and chairs, there are women wearing quite scandalous clothing, lounging and studying you as you come in. Few smiling, few beckoning you over, and one rising. Helena feels absolutely hideous. A redhead wearing a bit more than the others, kind of looking from you to the door. And as you make your way upstairs, she kind of moves past you and heads out to the front desk. As we pass through this area, Tommy gives off the very slightest shudder. This is not his scene. Anna's sort of like hugging her arms. 
as you head upstairs, the sounds of a gramophone playing begin to be heard, and underneath the gramophone, you can hear quite different sounds. Physical affection. Let's put it that way. The walls aren't very thin, but, well, people are getting enthusiastic. And passing by a couple of rooms, heading to the right, you find you find the door that you've been directed to. It's shut. Tommy shrugs. Yeah. And you can, and it's difficult to hear over the gramophone and the other noises, but you can hear a low murmur of conversation coming from within. Tommy's raising his fist. He's about to knock, and then he hears the conversation. He looks at the others, and without waiting for their input, leans in, presses his ear against the door. Okay. That sounds like a wits plus awareness. The difficulty is a bit higher due to the background noise going on. Yep. And it is a thick door. Tommy's going to rouse the blood to boost his wits. He gets hungrier, going up to hunger one. Because he was still at zero. And now he's going to boost the wits and gets four successes. Or is what you needed. There are two people speaking. One's a woman's voice, mature, steady, a little faded. Think uh, Carrie Fisher in recent years. The other sounds like a gargling mass of acid and guttural tones. And you, and you catch the end of a discussion. So there's truly nothing you can do. Not a thing. Rachel's giving me enough grief about the police as is. You're going to have another raid. There's no way around it. They know there's no alcohol in here. They're just going to keep pushing that button until it's done. I wish there was something I could do about it. I know you do. You're a good boy. (sighs) She wants me dead. I don't have any proof, but she wants me dead. And I need to do something about that or she'll see me dead. Don't talk like that. You know I won't let that happen to you. I know. I know. Well, don't worry about it, George. I've taken out bigger. Just a matter of finding the right help for this one. (laughs) And you hear the sounds of people moving around inside, a chair sliding back, door opening and shutting. And then footsteps approaching the door. Tommy immediately jumps back from the door. Uh, Sam clicks uh, mentally instantly and understands what's happening and quickly raps on the door to make it sound like they've just arrived. All right. There's a there's a pause. And uh, light shines through a peephole on the door briefly. 
then it, it slides shut. And the door opens. Before you is a striking older woman dressed in a uh, dress that's about 10 or 20 years out of date. Her red hair is dyed, it's done back in a bun. She's wearing pearls, which look to be real. She considers you with a cold gaze. Her skin is pale. Throwing the picture up on Owlbear Rodeo. And in one hand, she's got a fireplace poker. Though looking back into the room, you can see the fireplace isn't lit. It's a nice office. There's still that gaudy mismatch of expensive-looking things. But... They fill the space nightly. nicely. It's a good arrangement. Well... This is uh, quite a lot of visitors all at once. She says, looking you up and down, all of you up and down, and stopping at Sam. Are you not here to kill me? Tommy turns Sam on his oar. To <laughs> Tommy, Tommy hears Sam's chuckle. He turns on his oar, and he says, Oh, of course not, man. <laughs> Forgive me, my name's Tommy Hinton. I, uh own uh, Eddie's Casino up the way, and, uh, well, I heard that you're the one in charge of this whole neighborhood, and it occurred to me that I have not done the right thing and checked in with you the whole time I've been here. Hey, Tommy. Hey. You're turning on awe, huh? Yep. Go ahead and roll me your manipulation plus presence. Plus and anyone plus who wishes to resist Tommy's awe can roll your uh, composure plus intelligence, which she is doing at this very minute. I suppose I could have a bonus for having uh, learned things about Tommy. That's a good idea. Sadly, it doesn't work that way. Uh, what was that in intelligence? Sorry? But it's just awe. That would be intelligence plus composure. Composure intelligence. So I believe it's, it's yeah. charisma plus presence, right? Not manipulation. It says manipulation oh, and presence in it does. Oh, here. That's interesting. Because all usually applies Unless, to charisma, but yeah, yeah, it does say manipulation. So, alright, so that's plus an additional dice for my blood. This might presence. be a case of a book misprint, so we'll definitely have to check the errata at some point. Yeah. That's three for Helena. That's two for Sam. That's. Five critical for Tommy. Oh. Yeah. Tommy, she kind of, she can't take her eyes off you. Well, you'd better come in. And then it, and then it kind of catches up to her, and she shakes her head. Wait, you're Eddie's boy. Tommy nods. Sure am, ma'am. Uh... He left the casino to me, and uh, I've been running it this whole time, and I wasn't not even aware that there was uh, someone as uh, resourceful as you uh, looking over the place, making sure there ain't no trouble and that everyone's following the rules. 
Somebody's been bad. Come in. We'd better talk this over. Tommy leads the others into the office. She shuts the door behind you, walks over to the table, reaches into her uh, purse, takes out a derringer, puts it on the table. This is how I do business. If you pack it, put it there. Tommy. Nothing about awe in the errata, by the way. Huh? Nothing about awe in the errata, by the way. So it is a manipulation. That's that's really weird design wise, but whatever. Um. Tommy slides the brass knuckles off his fingers and he just lays them down next to the derringer. Uh, Sam pops out his utility knife and pry bar and plops them on the table as well. He's kind of glad he left his cult at home today. Helena retrieves a scalpel. She doesn't retrieve the needle that she has on her position. Person. Yeah, Morgan yeah, draws his revolver and puts it on the table in front of him. Heavy old peacemaker clunking down next to the others and kind of dwarfing the Derringer. <laughs> and she, ca- she settles back in her chair, takes out a bottle of bourbon, pours a few glasses. It's for formality's sake. Don't feel like you got a drink if you can. Just the same. Tommy's all about politeness in this situation, so he's going to take the glass. He's going to make a blush of life. You do still have that going, don't you? Evoked it on the way in? Yes, I did, yes. So, yep. Same scene. Just Uh. take a sip. And... Tommy can barely taste taste it anymore and he's in no position to compare it to his own but he just shrugs and he says hmm nice vintage don't serve anything like this down at the casino it's all my own uh, own product I'd heard you were I was going to say ditch water but that seems impolite I was heard you were pushing snake oil down there Probably why the cops ain't bothered. Probably why the police haven't bothered with you too much. They're all the while after me, but that's neither here nor there. Who of these do you serve, Tommy Hinton? She glance. It's work, but she glances around at the others. Who's your master? Tommy says, Ah, well, uh, my own master, ma'am. I'm a legitimate businessman who serves only his own interests. And I'm here simply in the interest of reaching out to a kindly neighbor who it turns out has been keeping the wolves from my doorstep this whole time and I didn't even know. She takes a hit of the bourbon, her own, the color returning to her cheeks, her own breath starting and stopping. Ah, she says, the penny just dropped. You've been embraced, haven't you? Tommy nods, oh, of course, ma'am. 
You came in here breathing and smoking. I figured maybe you were a ghoul to one of these. Who are the rest of you? Uh, associates, I suppose. We're, uh... Friends of circumstance. Tommy seemingly ignores this. He just turns to the woman and he says, We're, uh... What's the word? A coterie. Helena, like, shudders at this. Mm. I see. <sighs> well... You're all new to me. And you're in my house. Did you just come to pay your regards, or do you know the kind of business I do here? Well, we came to pay our regards, but, uh, we do have something for you. He looks over at Helena. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Helena. Uh, produces the note and sort of hands it, hand it over. Hmm. She takes it, looks it over. Oh, go for it. Okay. You see her reach down into her desk, down, pop open a drawer to where there's an honest god Philofax. Gonna flip through this library like series of note cards and shut it again. Hmm. Pulls out a sheet of paper, much better stationary. Pretty much dabs a pen and starts writing as she t starts talking. Well, my name is Leb Hedges. I run the rack. Any kindred in the city may come here to feed so long as they keep it quiet and leave no bodies behind. I, uh, I owe allegiance to no one, Camril or Anarch. I trade in information. Like any other kindred, favors. I know quite a lot about this city. I know quite a lot about the people in it. I know quite a lot about the corpses in it. And for a fee... My information can be yours. I must always look into acquire more. You've already told me several things I didn't know here. So I feel as if I owe you some answers in return. But there are a few things to be decided before that. You're in my territory, Mr. Hinton. And you're being very polite about it, but you're still in my territory. Indeed, ma'am. And I thought, in the interests of making a show of good faith, that uh, if there's any problems you need dealt with, you know, I heard you mention police. And, well, you know, before I was endowed with the gifts of the blood, I uh, had some run-ins with the police. I learned how to stay off their radar and how to how to make some of them dance to my tune and well uh, I'll see to it anyone who's given you trouble will take a long dirt nap 
Now, that's very interesting, Mr. Hinn, because I don't remember telling you anything about the, my troubles with the police. Tommy just shrugs and he says, Forgive me, ma'am, but uh, as we were approaching the door, I could uh, hear snatches of your conversation. I didn't hear anything other than the word police and... Well, I caught the connotation. You know, a establishment like this, the police, the, well, there's only two reasons they'd be here, and I don't see them out there partaking, so... Sounds like a Christmas plus etiquette roll to me there, Tommy. Plus etiquette plus more. But you've got all going, so there's yep. that. There's more plus Shouldn't etiquette. be too hard. Yeah, that's a dice pool of eight. That's five successes. It's true, some of us do get better at overhearing things. We can discuss my troubles with whatever authorities might be later. She says, first let's square the balance. You've told me quite a lot by coming in here and discussing your origins. Do you feel like telling me further? Do you know the name of your sire, and is that on the market? Tommy shakes his Jeez. head and says, uh, That is not for sale, ma'am. As much as I would love to tell you, I uh, have an arrangement. Well. She says, leaning forward, and suddenly your eyes, all your eyes are drawn to her as she smiles at you. And the sheer magnetism of this woman almost seems to fill the room. And any of you who wish can roll an intelligence plus composure to resist. Tommy's not great at resisting presence. He's good at giving it out, so that's only one success. Uh, that's one success for Sam as well. Uh, two for Morgan. Well, she got five. Yeah. It's suddenly like you're caught between two sons, and the one in there's Tommy over here, who's remarkably handsome. His voice is soothing and deep in all the right ways and then there's Lib who's sitting for the very picture of decorum her words elegant and at a, her attitude motherly comforting you sure there's no bargain I could offer you to get your sire's name from you Tommy thinks for because a moment. It, go ahead because it sure does look like somebody's trying to run a game against me, and I do hate when somebody tries to take a run against me. Tommy thinks for a moment, and for an older lady, she's incredibly beautiful, and there's something in him stirring. And so he just says, Ma'am, I would love to tell you, but... I have an arrangement with my sire. And he puts emphasis on the word arrangement. 
Well, it was worth a try. That's fine. I'll find out by other means. In the meantime... We can discuss matters. There are troubles I am having with the police, it is true. And there are steps I am taking to rectify that, but I could always use a little more assistance from, from some skilled and friendly individuals who I'd then be in debt to. Well, I would love to render assistance, but like I said, we are a coterie, and he turns to the others to defer to them. Uh, Sam nods. You know, I'm uh, starting to get into the to the swing of trading this information and Boone's thing. Mm. And did you say your name was Sam? Uh, that is correct. Mm. I have a Sam on my ledger for a discussion at some future point. So, we can take care of that tonight or later on if you prefer. But I believe I would owe you. Yes, my, uh, the task I have in mind is very much worth a minor boon to anyone who participates. And uh, Sam looks around to see if anybody else is biting. Tommy Norris. I, for one, would love to help, ma'am. Mm -hmm. What type of job were you thinking? I need, I need some people to follow someone over the course of uh, the first few hours of a night. Tomorrow is what happens. See where they go. See who they talk to. Do it without getting caught. And just to be clear, you need four of us to do that. I may or may not need four of you. But I will only pay favors to anyone who participates in it. Well, look, my experience, when you're trailing a guy, you want a couple sets of eyes on him, just because, you know, easy to evade one guy, quite hard to evade four. So, uh, you know, maybe I could follow him along in Tin Lizzie and Sam, Helena, you could do the sneaky thing on foot. Morgan, maybe you can ride with me, be an extra set of ours, or uh, take that fine steed of yours and uh, follow them your own way. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'm good at following people. No, oh, you've got that horse parked out front? Yes, that's mine. That's a fine breed. Sure that's one is. thing I reg That's one thing I regret about these carriages. These automobiles. More and more of them every year. I can see what the writing on the wall for horses. Don't have to feed the cars when you're not using them. Tommy thinks about correcting her and pointing out that you do indeed need to fuel the car, but then he thinks otherwise. 
Yeah, and horses don't rust either. No, but if you wait long enough, they give out on you anyway. She sighs. Eh, times change. So. I'm not hearing any disagreement. None from me, ma'am. I believe, uh... Believe our coterie is now in your service. Sam notes as well. Sounds like something that's uh, right up our alley. All right, then let us let's go ahead and reel our uh, glory back a little bit and talk the details over so you, we don't distract everyone else in the room. Tommy nods. She says, "Looking Tommy in the eyes." He turns off his oar. And before your eyes, she kind of shrinks back to a just an older woman in her 60s wearing a faded finery. <sighs> she reaches into their desk and pulls out a uh, map of the city, plunks it down. So every Tuesday night, same night, the Anarchs hold the mob. Hold the Black what? Woman. Oh, the mob. Mm, I can tell you this for free. <laughs> the Anarchs of the city have a regular get-together. It's something like a Camarilla Elysium. They hold it down at the grand theater on Kiwi Street and it's a place where anyone's supposed to be able to go and raise anything they have to talk about. Kind of a cross between a party and a shouting match most nights. On accidental murder this. There's one going on. There's one going on tomorrow night, but well, you're going to be busy. I managed to make some of it if you finish it quickly, but that's up to your target. Anyway. Yeah, just as well, says Tommy. Looks over at Morgan. He says, Al said sometimes they shoot at each other, so uh, maybe it's a good thing we won't be able to attend. I thought you'd like that. Tommy looks at Helena and he says, while yes, I have been in a number of shootouts in our brief time together, I most certainly do not enjoy them. It's interesting, they seem to follow you around. All the more reason why I would not... Why it is probably a good thing that we won't be able to attend this mob. As my presence would, uh, most certainly provoke one by that logic. Hmm. Interesting. You were breathing when you started the casino, weren't you, Tommy? Yes, ma'am. Well, looks like I'm not going to have to chew Eddie's ear off next time he comes around here. All right. Probably better if I don't mention this to him at all. He's not in... He doesn't know anything about this side of the business that I'm aware of. Anyway, no, ma'am. That much I can guarantee you for free. Good. He's a dear old boy. It's dirty business, this 
keep them out of it if you can. That's my advice. All right, anyway. Every Tuesday night, shortly after dawn, shortly after nightfall, I misspoke. Still getting used to this. Shortly after nightfall, the colored woman goes down to uh, the basement, goes down to the basement of Reich's changes, then comes out and climbs into a Rolls Royce Phaeton. A very expensive car. There is a dummy in the back seat. The black woman drives the car. And she goes, among other places, to Oakwood. In the south. That is all I know. I want you to follow her and see where she drives to. I know she makes several stops. I want addresses, and if you think you're good enough, if you think you can get a look of who she's talking to when she stops, then if you can get that, I'll throw, I'll upgrade one of the boons to a moderate, not just a minor. You are not to let her see you. And this is where having many people would come in handy. If she does spot one of you, then somebody else can pick up the slack. All goes well, we won't need that man. The car should be back at Reich's by midnight. So, you're following her, she can't end that. But in between nine and midnight, I want to know where she goes, who she talks to. Anything you can find out without giving away the game. Do you have any questions? Uh, Sam kind of shuffles forward in his chair. So, uh, about Rikes. Is there anything special about that place, or...? Hmm. It's a huge store. Uh, we didn't have the like of that when I was growing up. You can buy anything in there. They have counters and counters and floors and floors full of things. They're just installing a radio station in the next year, is what I hear. And uh, she goes, it's frankly breathtaking. Uh, one of the richest men in the city owns it. And it is very much in Camarilla territory. So depending upon your particular allegiances, you may wish to take care with that. Hmm. Uh, Sam nods, uh, ensuring she understands that he's noted that. I will say that I don't recognize you. Well, I know who you are, Tommy, but I didn't realize you were of a kindred sort. I don't recognize you, so it's unlikely any of the Camarilla in town will recognize you either. I've stood from up Cincinnati way. Are you then? Hmm. That would explain it, dear. I'd be very much surprised if they did recognize any of us, ma'am. We've only been operating as a coterie for less than a week at this point. 
If you're concerned about it, it is best to keep the blush of life going while you're trailing her up there. In that part of town, anyway. Uh. Hmm. Do you know about the territories in Dayton? What do you mean? Okay. Thank you. So everything north of sec north of Second Street is Camarilla territory, with the with the exception of the railroad station to the east. They also have the arcade. That's Elysium. Everything else is nominally Anarch territory, though most of it is unclaimed. And the Southern Ohio Lunatic Asylum is a bit of a special case. Don't go there. Uh, if Sam she raises an eyebrow. If she special stops there, now. just if she stops there, just know to move on. They uh, go on. Is it dangerous or? Hmm. Yes, very much so. The uh, owner of that particular domain, there are some very unsavory rumors circulating about him. How do the uh, local anarchs feel about the Camarilla ambassadors? Hmm. Well, do you wish to owe me a boon? I can't say I do. It's a complex and, uh, difficult subject and I can go on about it a bit if you wish but it would mean paying your minor boon in advance no I, I think I'll hold on to it alright so you can get information on anyone or anything in this city. given time Correct. yes given time Yes. Okay. Oh, but I owe you a boon. What can you tell me about the followers of Set? Hmm. All right. That information will be a minor boon. Tommy nods. Yes, ma'am. All right. And I will make a note that Tommy owes Lib a minor She smiles and says, the followers of Set, an Egyptian bloodline, very few of them working in America, and most are working secretly. I know of one in town. He's the best cat burglar in town. Hires his services out to the highest bidders. Like myself, he is neither Camarilla nor Anarch. And I can put you in touch with him for another favor, if you feel his services are required. Hmm. Maybe I'll hold you to that, that man, but not tonight. That said, I don't believe there's any other followers of Set partaking in activity in this area. There were quite a few moving through here a few years ago, but they vanished on to points west. 
I believe many of them blended in with the other Anarchs. The followers don't tend to advertise their bloodline. There's a lot of old rivalries, as I've given to understand. The European kindred do not trust them one bit. Understandable, man, what I know of them. And that is what I can tell you about the followers of Set. As you have paid a minor boon for a fairly small amount of information, if it changes, I will update you. Much appreciated. Next time man. you visit. Now, if no one else has any more business, I'd say we uh turn our attention to other matters. She smiles. Well, you know where the door is. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm glad we could settle matters politely. Although I have a few things to go looking around for. Tommy drains the last of the bourbon the glass then he smiles and he says thank you for your time ma'am now you have a wonderful night and we will look forward to speaking again she nods at you and everyone who uh, departs can go ahead and roll me an insight plus wits if they like Plus inside. That's only gonna be three for oh no, my wits are still boosted, so it's gonna be five. Three successes for Helena. Spend a willpower. That's three oh, successes for, for Tommy. Okay, how many for Tommy? Three after spending a willpower. Mm. How many for Sam? Ah, uh, four. And Helena? Uh, I got uh, two. And Morgan? Uh, just the one. Well, sadly, this is what she does. And only, and only, and with seven successes, Helena and Sam, she looks the both of you in the eye the second you depart timing it perfectly so the other two men are turned away and heading toward the door and she snaps open a fan that just for a second has a bit of the asylum stationery tucked within it and she snaps uh -huh. it shut uh, as uh, Sam turns the corner outside um, the door, he's going to give her a quick curt nod. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you again in the near future. And the door shuts. Thanks for your hospitality. Anytime. Yeah. From there you depart. 
and the ladies of the evening ignore you as you find your way out. As soon as we step out of the brothel, Tommy exhales sharply and breathes in the night air. Feeling a bit nervous in there, are you? It's, uh... Well, uh, there's a reason I never went into this line of business, uh... But let's leave it there, I think. Uh, Sam crosses his arms and nods curtly. Doesn't really want to pursue that conversation anyway. Questions best left unasked. Alright. You've been given a task, but it's kicking off tomorrow. So you've got a little time to prepare if you wish. So, uh... I can, uh... tap some of my, uh... contacts. See if, uh, anyone's heard about this guy with... heard about this girl we're following, uh, connection to that department store. Yeah, okay. any legs that we can get on this is uh, definitely going to give us uh, a more desirable outcome than uh, the previous job. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't come to that. All right, I'll head back to the casino, uh, check in with my boys, see who knows anything, if they know anything. All right. You phoning it in or are you having your contacts summoned and brought before you? I'll head back Is to there... the, I'll head back to the casino, have them brought brought forward to me. Alright. Is the rest of the crew going with you or do you guys have something else to wrestle up in the meantime? Do we maybe <clears throat> do we maybe wanna check this place out beforehand just to get an idea of things? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Well, you three All seem right. to be scouting much out better places, at uh, scouting casing joints without being seen, so I'll leave that up to you if you don't mind. That's fine by me. Sounds like a good idea. Alright. So Tommy's chasing down leads and everyone else scouting. All right. Uh, Sam's also going to make a mental note that um, if there happens to be enough time left in the night after this is all done, he's going to be uh, coming back to this location. All right. Yeah, it's not too difficult. You guys were meeting early enough in the night. Figure it was about 11 by the time you got through at Libs. So, yeah, still about five, six hours. Before you start getting into the danger zone. Alright. That'll work well, we'll get, I think. We'll get back to Tommy in a minute. The three of you head northwest and start making your way through downtown. 
Car traffic has died down this time of night. It's mostly trucks rattling through. Not many horses out. Morgan's clip-clop, clip-clop, clip-clop. Soon falls into a regular rhythm. There's plenty of people out and about. It's warm, it's sweaty. And the factories go all night long in this world of darkness. Moreover, there are people out about on the town. Seeing and being seen. Anyone at Hunger 3 or higher? That isn't Tommy. That is it too. Uh, no. Sam's at one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nope, still one. You move among the ruck and run of humanity with none the wiser. There's a few tempting targets here and there, a few obvious drunks. Prohibition's more loose guidelines than hard rules. But you manage to keep the beast in the back of your mind for the minute. And before too long, after a mere 15 minutes or so travel, you found your way to the Reichskumler building. Let me see if I can Pull it in here. Shouldn't take too long to upload. It is a square brick of a place. And decades later, people would describe it as one of the first department stores in the continental United States. At this hour of night, it is very definitely closed, but the window displays are full of everything from refrigerators to bicycles to musical instruments to housewares. You can walk in here and buy anything. Might not be the best prices in town, but you'll definitely find something you can use here. And Sam, you know they put on one hell of a nice Christmas parade. <laughs> there's costumes, there's people like throwing fake snow. It's uh, a thing. Serious money went into this. It's one of Sam's uh, small guilty pleasures that uh, he takes up on every year. He'd spend um, just a couple of hours in a costume pretending that maybe he's uh, he's human for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're handing out candy, nobody looks too hard at the mascots. That said, it's also pretty well closed this time of night. You see a few lights inside from the upper stories. Is there anything you'd like to do while you're here? Is there anything notable about the lights on upstairs, or does it seem like just, you know, security guards or somebody shutting up for the night? Some of the windows are lit. And you've been in here before, you're a local. You know, that'd probably be, those would probably be offices. 
the main the main hall is laid out like one big room, repeating as it go up every floor in the sales area, and the uh, places with windows are rooms off to the side. So, it's likely those are offices. Mm, if there's nothing especially noteworthy about them, then that kind of seems like uh, we've got the lay of the land then. Yeah. Uh, Sam's going to turn to the others and um, uh, just kind of gesture towards towards the place. Yeah, I mean, looks like it's a uh, Pretty much how we expected, right? Department store. Now, if you're taking any... a few, now if you're taking a few minutes to properly case the joint, y'all can roll me a an awareness or streetwise plus uh, resolve. Yeah, okay. taking your time, looking it over carefully. It was. Yeah, she's like she she shows up, goes inside, gets changed, and then comes out. Yeah, come. Comes out of Reich's, well, from inside Reich's, goes down to the basement, comes out to the parking area, gets in a Rolls Royce Phaeton, and drives uh, four away. Four successes on awareness and resolve. Okay, yeah, let's just start off one for me as well. Oh, sorry, two for me. Alright, and Morgan? Four successes. All right. Ten total. Takes an hour or two. And you pretty much, to be cautious, you walk back and forth with the ebb and flow of humanity, parking the horse and uh, mingling with the crowd. You notice a few things. There's a fair amount of police casually watching the place, a little too casually. They're kind of doing the same thing you are, walking back and forth to appear natural, but pretty much orbiting the block it's on. You also notice... They, mm, they don't seem to be be giving any indication that they've noticed you. With, with that many successes, you also managed to get a peek at the back parking area. Though the patrols are fairly thick back there, you do see that, yeah, there is a very fancy car parked back that, back that way. There's a couple of others next to it, then they're decent, but this one isn't a class by itself. Do we get close enough to tell whether it's the rice we're looking for, or...? And my bad. It's not a Phaeton, it's a Phantom. Mm. In the world of darkness, it's a Phaeton. <laughs> yeah, I totally didn't make a mistake there. It is totally called a phantom. Uh, as far as getting close enough to it, hmm. That would entail a risk. But you could, if you wish, make me a stealth check. Uh, 
or fire up a discipline or both. Yeah, um, Helena will do um, Unseed Passage to get that going. Go ahead and rouse the blood for me, Helena. Yep. Oh, come on. Keyboard's gonna be it. Uh, get hungrier. Mm. Now at three. Uh-oh. Ah. And you don't see a movie screen this time. You hear a crackle of static. This just in. Helena, you have neglected your feeding. Helena, you need to feed. Dinner on the hoof is all around you. The bounty of America is laid out. America, the heartland, the blood of the heartland waits for you. Yeah, Helena, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting to it. Dig in. And now, music to drain a soul by. <laughs> you slink back there. It's a piece of work, this car. This... Yeah, let me put it this way. Your father could not afford this. Really noted. But the uh, there is a cloth cover up in the back, and back there you can see a shadowy form that, when approached closer, that's definitely a storm mannequin. Mm. It's been made up, it's been dressed, it's sitting back there so that it'd be hard to look on, look squarely on. But it is indeed a mannequin. Different car, same proceeding. Very interesting. Yeah. Is there um, anything else you'd like to do while you're back there, Helena? I'm going to say, I think while Helena's obfuscated, she's going to see if she can spot anyone who's in pretty good health, uh, who could be a feeding target. Mm. Let's see. What's Helena's preferred feeding? Sorry? What's Helena's preferred the feeding method? Does that apply? She's a sandman, but she goes by um, an anesthetist. Yes, you do. So you really you're just looking for a good target. So I believe that would be a stealth plus dexterity, unless I miss my guess. Somebody who's not likely to take any lasting damage. That's the hope. I'm going to... No, I don't need to browse. That should be fine. Um... Okay. That's five successes. Okay. I get to pull out that chart. Excellent. Go ahead and roll me two D10s and tell me the number on each one, please. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's physical ones you like. Um, that's, please hold. Of course. 
Paul, did you take those? How did I take what, sir? My physical D10s. Oh, yeah, I've got the bag. Could you just roll two and give me the numbers? <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. Need more D10s, it sounds like. You yeah. rolled a seven and a three. Okay. So that comes down to... Oh, yeah, that works. So, you're in the back of the parking area, completely hidden. And a uh, you're noticing as you are that uh, there's a security guard who in the, in the back of Reichs who glances out the window every now and then. This lot is monitored. But he stops and seems to be talking to somebody at one point. And when he finishes, a man wearing a uh, white coat and carrying a case full of jangling metal comes out. He's got a uh, spectacle. He's got spectacles with a pair of mirrors pushed up on them, and a he's taking off a bib that says. Uh, Painless dental care. <laughs> he shakes his head, walks toward one of the decent-looking cars, climbs in it, starts and starts it up. It'd be the easiest thing in the world to slip in behind him. And Helena is going to. <clears throat> yeah. He yawns as he does so, and how many successes did he get on that hunting roll? Uh, that was five. Okay. He yawns. <sighs> Went a little heavy on the ether today. You know, reaches down, adjusts his case full of tools, yawns again, and finds a strange smell going straight down his throat as Helen's hand fades in with a ether-soaked rag and, and around his mouth. <laughs> And he slumps into your arms behind the steering wheel of his car. You catch him before he hits the horn. And there in the darkness, with the cloth cover over you and the security guard blissfully unaware, you drink your fill. Elena, you only had hunger three. You could stop after two. You could stop after you'd back down to one. But do you want to? Absolutely. And you go ahead and drink his blood before the either can completely get into it and put yourself to sleep. And then you see all the wound on this poor dentist's neck. And leave him lying in his, his car, having probably a very restful sleep that he very much needed. Thank you. Sleep well. It takes him a little more work to slink out of there without your uh, unseen passage going, but by now you've been in there long enough, you know the guards' routines. All right. And he managed to get out and return and explain tell what you found to the group. The lot is monitored. There is a dummy back there. 
and it looks like this parking spot was dedicated to that very expensive phantom phaeton whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile back at the casino Tommy I would like you sure thing to roll me your charisma plus your streetwise plus the number of dots you have in contacts. Sure. Let me count that up. So this can be As you spend a good chunk of the night having calling in your snitches and your stool pigeons. Eight. Yeah. All my contacts. Spend most of the night just calling them into the office one by one. Each one has to be sat down in front of my desk and they get the whole... They get the whole... Hinton experience. Hinton yes. experience. You know, they get to see my four fingers wrapped around the brass knuckles. They get to... Get to hear stories about things I've done in the past. They get some presents when, you know, I feel that they deserve it. And that is five successes. Well... Five successors. It occurs to you uh, midway through the first one that you never got actually got a name of the woman who drives the car. And perhaps that was by design, but with five successes you do definitely get something. That Rolls-Royce Phaeton was special ordered by the magnate who started the Reich's department store. It came in a few years back, and it's been lovingly tended to by private mechanics. Which is kind of a pity, because it spends most of its days sitting out in the lot behind Reich's. And every, uh, every week, like clockwork, uh, whoever owns it has their driver, yeah, who, is a who is a colored woman. Pretty much, uh, go and take it around. Goes around the town and heads into Oakwood. Nobody's quite sure who the owner is. They know the driver's black. They know it's a woman. There's some that whisper that, uh, well, maybe she's the owner, but that gets laughed off. There's no way a black woman would own a car like that in, in this day and age. Tommy would, you know, a week ago have laughed it off as well, but he's starting to realise that sometimes things are stranger than they seem. This is enough to go off for now, so he thanks the snitches that brought him this information, gives them free, gives them a free glass of hooch at the casino, tells them to spend the night here, letting, letting their hair down. And then he checks in on how the five men he's left in charge have handled tonight. Hmm. I would like for you to roll me four dice. Four no dice. hunger. Very well, very well. Four dice. Two successes. Well. So your hiring practices are somewhere between, hey, he's breathing, and this guy can spell his own name. 
But tonight they haven't fucked anything too, up too badly. And the house has come out ahead. So there's that. Is there one guy in particular who is lagging behind the others? There is one fellow indeed who uh, pretty much has been eh, from from what uh, the reports are to you, he's mostly been using the, the time the boss has been away to duck out in the alley, run his own run his own errands, take excessive smoke breaks. Yeah. Tommy finds him, heads up to him. He catches his him. name. His name is Luke. Luke. He catches up with Luke yeah. just as he's sneaking out the back door to have a cigarette break. Tommy sneaks up behind Luke, places his hands on Luke's shoulder, and. Yeah. Seeing the man uh, jump, oh, oh. Tommy smiles. Hey, boss. Luke, 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 Luke. Come, yeah. follow me, follow me. And sure, boss. He leads Luke out the back door into the alleyway behind the casino, past where... Luke gives a forlorn look as the spilled cigarettes when he jumped get crushed under your boots. Yeah, Tommy just crushes them. Walks past where Tin Lizzie's parked on the curb and then he looks around he sees one of his men guarding the rear entrance he makes a hand gesture to dismiss the man sending him inside for a few minutes leaving Tommy and Luke all alone Tommy's only at hunger one but the pangs are still there and he's been given a chance that he can't turn down and so he looks Luke in the face and then he says Hmm. Word, night, is, boss. No. word is you've been uh, enjoying yourself tonight. Uh, I mean, every day here is like living the dream, sir. You've been ducking out, taking cigarette breaks, helping yourself to drinks, while the other guys have been pulling their weight, trying to do their very best to impress me. Um, it's j just been a quiet night, sir. That, that's all. The, uh, th that's all. Now look, Luke, I bring you in here. I give you a job. I let you climb the ladder. And tonight I give you a test for you to prove to me that you can handle a promotion, that you can handle things around here. And how do you repay my debt? By ducking out on your duties, shirking your job. And spending the night smoking like a chimney out here. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. It won't happen again. I promise. You're damn right it won't. And then Tommy just leaps at him, sinks his teeth into the guy's neck. And <laughs> within minutes drains him dry, killing him. Reducing his hunger to zero. Oh. When he allows the beast to awake, he's seen what happens. Last time he let the beast control him, he drank somebody, and he is not mm. going to allow that. As soon as the pangs of hunger begin to appear, the beast must be... must be pacified. And you... you drain him dry, then? I drain him dry, and then I toss the empty husk on mm. the ground just as the doorman comes out 
and I point at him and I say, clean this mess up for you, for me. I wipe the blood Hello, Tommy. my lip. I'm going to check something real quick here. I do have a prey exclusion now, to mortals. You do. You do have a prey exclusion to mortals. Now, he did owe you a debt, and he certainly wasn't innocent. I believe that leaves me with one stain. No, it leaves you with none. He's not innocent. Yeah, all right. Very well. He's not innocent. There's no penalty for killing him there. But he is mortal, but he owed you a debt. He did. That cancels out. However, you have three dice of retainers, I believe. I do. Three dice of allies. Shall I reduce it to two? No. Roll those three dice and we'll see if you need to reduce it to two sure sure three successes you certainly don't hire you aren't stringent in your hiring standards which means you can afford a lot of people which means nobody's gonna fucking miss luke yeah sorry luke yeah you drink him he's gone and your night goes on Tommy He'll heads, go in the canal, wait it down. Tommy heads back into the casino and waits for the others to contact him so he can pass on the information he's gleaned. All right. And I'm assuming the rest of you head back there at some point. Or did Sam and Helena want to take a small detour before the casino? Where's about that better tended to after? Um, that's a good question, actually. Are we going to physically go see Tommy, or are we just going to call it in and like uh, express everything over the phone? Call it in. Tommy's mm. got a phone in his office. He does. He this is the day and age of operators n- connecting calls, so... Mm. It's up to you. No, that's a bit sus. I mean, they're not supposed to stay on the line afterwards. Nah, Sam, Sam's definitely going to want to um, see him in person and uh, sneak his way back um, back to the mansion afterwards. Tommy this should does, be time, right? Tommy does have Sam, enough dots in infamy that any any operator might just be tempted enough to listen in to f- see what juicy stuff the infamous bootlegger is doing tonight. So that's probably a good idea. Yeah. And Sam's got enough technology to know that there's always a non-zero chance of being overheard. So, you rendezvous back in Tommy's casino. Helena knows the way. So does Morgan. And they can show you. One secret knock and a pass through a very different experience than the boudoir of the brothel earlier. You're back in his office. So... You check the place out, find anything interesting? Uh, Sam gestures to Helena to uh, bring her up to speed. Got a car? Why did, why did I say that accent? <laughs> <laughs> Going Boston all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, Helena's taking a trip. That's, that's my thing. Them the, <laughs> tell them about the park car. Practicing <laughs> for the next call. Chambers came into me. Uh, yeah, we uh, we found that 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 car. It's still it's still coming out. It's fine. Yeah. Let it happen. 
Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce Phaeton, I believe, what I heard. Fancy yeah, something car. like that. Looked pretty uh, solid to me. So uh, the guys I tapped say that car belongs to uh, the guy who owns Reich's. Bigwig explains why I got a fancy car. Now the driver is a woman of color. Comes and takes it down the block every Tuesday. There's a rumor that she's the owner, and everyone laughs it off, and I'd be inclined to do the same, but, you know, starting to learn that uh, things don't always end up being as impossible as it seems. Yeah, no, Tommy would probably call her a slur, but I, as the yeah, player, well, we definitely can't don't use that Tommy do. Please, let's keep it that way. Yeah. So, uh... You know, the rational part of me says it's all bunk, but uh, the part of me that spent the last few nights uh, getting into gunfights with vampires says maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe this girl we're following is the owner of the car, and that means she's connected to the guy what owns Rikes. Maybe even the same person. Don't know how much of that you want to buy. Uh, Sam starts off. tapping his foot. Now I'm told the car's kept inside all the time. Flying shame of fine beauty like that. And she's the only one who drives it, so uh make of that what you will. Couldn't help but also notice there's a awful lot of police officers just sort of loitering around the building. Mm, that's so. Look, I ain't never been there over the hikes, but I heard they uh, got a lot of stuff there. So, uh, could just be they're uh, keeping an eye on the place, but given that we know that car belongs to the owner and something's going on here, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and say maybe, maybe those police officers are something we're going to have to uh, plan around. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If we're gonna do this tomorrow night, we should definitely uh, leave a bit of breathing room uh, before, you know, rock up 30 minutes, 20 minutes early, make sure we get a uh, good vantage point. Make sure we uh, keep an eye out for the patrol routes and play it real safe. We can't screw this up right off the bat. Well, you actually been down there, so I'll defer to you when it comes to uh, thinking of a plan. But uh, I reckon, given that uh, given that Libs tasked us with following this black girl, and she's the only one what drives the car, and those rumors are flying around, I reckon we should be ready for the unexpected, and. We can definitely be sure that this girl's not just going to be as innocent and simple as she seems. Sam crosses his arms. Um, 
as far as his brow, trying to think of um just trying to trying to put these pieces together. There's something that isn't quite adding up with this. Now Lib said she knows everything about every corpse in this city. And way way I saw it. The mortals, well, the mortals are beneath her notice. She knew I'd been around. She knew I'd been right here for the last four years. Didn't think I was worth paying attention to, because she thought I still breathed. So for her to suddenly be interested in this black girl, well, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say maybe, or just maybe, she's one of us. Yeah. Sam nods. That's what he was thinking as well. Now, if I was gonna work at a big wig place like that, and I was a person of color, and I need to keep my head down, I think that I would play the role of chauffeur as well. I think she's driving around mannequin because uh, she wants people to think that the mannequin is the owner. Makes sense to me. Good cover. Like I said, I wouldn't have uh, suspected a thing you told me a week ago, but... I mean, one of us, don't matter what color your skin is, you got, you got gifts of the blood, and, well, to be hardened away like that, that ain't something I understand exactly. If she's got reason to hide, then that's something we should be careful of. Says to me that she's, uh, very, very smart, or, uh, very, very paranoid. Or maybe, very, very both. Whichever one it is, that's reason for us to not rush into this. Make sure we do it properly. My experience, when someone's paranoid, they can be dangerous, and if they're smart to boot, well, you don't know exactly what they're planning. Could have contingencies we ain't even thought of, but we've tried our best. Something dawns on Sam at this moment. She's playing chauffeur. Why don't we have her play chauffeur for real? Helena, you can, uh, obfuscate. Why don't you take a ride with her tomorrow night? Uh, okay. You can be the eyes on the inside, and, uh, we'll keep the eyes on the outside. Yeah, yeah, Helena can go invisible in the back of the car. Or, if we really want to figure out what this girl's doing. Helena, can you do that thing where, uh, where you put on someone else's face? It's, uh, it's, it's not foolproof. Uh, what, what, what were you thinking? I was thinking maybe we, uh, maybe we find out, uh, who should be willing to chauffeur and, uh, you put on their face, see if you can chatter up, find something out, mm. some info right. for Lib. I can only do vague, uh, vague faces. I, I can't, 
I can make it look like I'm someone specific. Fly and shame. All right. Well, you're good at sitting invisible doing nothing, so, uh, just sit in the car, keep an eye on her, and, uh, all else fails, she catches three of us, you're still there, ready to go. Alright. Hey, Helena. Uh, Alright, I can do that. Helena's rather sensitive. At the, at the worst of times, even at the worst of times, Helena's rather sensitive. Good at sitting invisible and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll me resolve and composure, would you please? That is three. I was going to say, Sam's enough fun. Um, I think this is for how well this is going to go. I'm going to buff resolve first. Um, I get hungrier. And. What? Total fail still. What? (laughs) I'm going to spend willpower on that. Can't let Tommy needle you. All right. Oh, for God's sake, two successes. So two things happen. One is that the scene goes black and white and gets flickery like an old-time movie picture. And things freeze for a second. And the words, little did the thug know that he was. Those cruel words cut so deeply. Does our heroine punish him for his temerity? But with a supreme act of willpower, you manage to push it away, Helena. Telling yourself, no, you're not going to let Tommy ruin this night. Things have been going great. You fed without a mess. You did the job. You're doing well. You're helping. He doesn't know. And the black and white fades, returns to smoky color. And you still a couple times. And you still are riding a pretty good high tonight. Things are going well. Now that don't answer the question of uh, how you're going to get in there. You're going to be right on your own, getting into the store, into the car? I can make it work. Okay. Looks like we got a plan, then. Hmm. One thing Lip did say was that uh, this usually happens shortly after after dusk, is when she goes driving. We may not have time to get there. I got an idea, but I don't think you're gonna like it. He looks right at Helena and he says, You've been inside the store. You can turn invisible. You can get pretty much anywhere you want to. And it's a big building. What do you say about sleeping in the store tonight? Oh god, I'm... Why? So moment you wake up, you can get right in that car, be there, and she comes right after dusk for her little drive. 
Right, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Dicey and she's unsure of how well she's going to be able to hide herself. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I said I wasn't sure you'd like it. But I think, if you can do it, we'll be able to get the drop on her. Last thing she'll be expecting is someone right there in the back seat. Yeah, take it from experience, that's the last place they expect someone to be. <laughs> I... Yeah? <laughs> uh... Tommy later, okay. Okay, I can do this. Sure you can. You remember, you're good at this. Staying invisible, sitting there, waiting. Mm. Alright. <laughs> that alright. You make plans into the night, and eventually you excuse yourselves to go your separate ways. Morgan, is there anything else you'd like to take care of tonight? Uh, I guess. Uh, probably not tonight, no. Maybe more the next night, yeah. Okay, fair enough. There are little details that can be added on to, but it's going to be taken care of between sessions. And for now... We're going to cover Helena and Sam saying their goodbyes and sneaking up north to the Bonton Hotel once again. And you have an appointment this time. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. The woman at the desk nods at you and says, you know the way. Waves you through. Many less people up at this hour. But there's still activity going on. You can hear it. The door is open. And Lib rises and shuts it as you enter, then tosses her derringer back on the table, taking a seat behind her desk again. Mm. Uh, Sam takes up the formalities and drops his hardware as well. So... Now I can answer your question. Says Lib, looking at Helena. The Anarchs of the city are polarized around two factions. The Dandy and Sutton. They're the bosses of their various mobs. They each have a dedicated crew. And if trouble comes, they can rouse at least a dozen Anarchs. To their side. It's difficult to say how many are in the city. Be refugees from the East Coast are coming particularly thick. The Camarilla failed to take New York recently from the Sabbat, and there's a number of purges and minor scuffles going on in the East Coast. 
Sutton and the Dandy are holding the train stations here and influencing the rail networks around. There's a venture up in Chicago that's trying to press down. One of Loden's brew, the new prince up there. Yeah, that's trying to press down, but he's having limited success. <laughs> so what you're looking at here is a very big shipping point for the Anarchs of the region. Okay. Uh, Shimmerman said you'd have it. You'd want information about the Camarilla as well. Anything that can help. Mm. If you'd be so kind. I would. Shimmerman's boon pays for basic information. I can give you that. Small. In the word small, they have some of the few Ancilla in the city. You know what Ancilla are? Yeah, I do. Mm. Sam shakes his head. Ancilla means kindred who have managed to survive at least half a century to a century. Not elders, but old. Canny. Deadly. Like that fellow you walked in here with. Not the loud one, the cowboy. Uh, Sam's taken aback, uh, aback by that. So you're telling me that he's uh, probably older than all of us combined. Did you not get what numbers had? I can't say I'm the best with uh, with numbers, let alone numbers. You've met numbers. Yeah, yeah, we. Oh. I'm just giving you information, haven't I? Uh, yeah, we, no, we did. That's small information. She's a good girl. She has her own troubles, but they're probably still in Springfield. Yeah, uh, numbers. There, you now know, you have information. Num- numbers uh, referred to me by uh, the date of my embrace. Um, and she mentioned. Uh, Another number that was uh, a lot earlier than mine. Well, she does that. She says numbers that she doesn't remember when she meets somebody. Mine was the year of my death. It might be a common trend, I don't know. A lot of people ignore her. A lot of people ignore Mulcavians, like Shimmerman. Well, he's one of the, hmm, he's supposed to be a neonate, but the rumors around him are troublesome. But as I'm paying his boon, any further information on him would be a separate cost. In any case, there are very few Ancilla in town. The Camarilla has the most of them that are known. Okay. Sutton and the Dandy are the others that I know of. Most everyone else is young. The ca- local Camarilla is headed by the Seneschal, Rachel. She is the one I have asked you to follow. 
he's the seneschal. Wow. Uh, Sam hasn't been really exposed to a whole lot of the um, higher up Camarilla um, politics so far. She's been a little shit kicker in a cell more than anything. So the uh, gravitas of this is more or less lost on him. I think Helena might pick up on that. Uh, Sam, do you know what that means? Uh, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't, uh, <laughs> wouldn't ask me that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh. So I, I'm, I'm new to this whole thing. You know about know. the prince, then? I should explain. A seneschal is the second in command to a prince and acts as the prince when the prince is not around. The fiction here is that Rachel was acting for the prince. The prince is dead. As long as the Camarilla doesn't formally acknowledge that, then she can be the seneschal and has command of the Camarilla in the city, nominally. The truth of the matter is that she has worked very hard to gain power and influence beyond her age. But in practicality, it means that you should be very cautious and not let her see you. You in particular, when you go to follow her. Uh, when she's looking at you in particular, some... is she looking at me? Uh, at Sam? or at Both me? of you. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Why? So do I. Well... Mr. Shimmerman told me in confidence that you were directing on behalf of the Camarilla. As such, it will cause probably quite a bit of questions later. If you're shadowing her around the city, no? Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, okay. It would make sense, yeah. Do not fear that Still. this is a move against the Camarilla. From what I under understand, uh, it's a move more against you than, uh, than against the Camarilla. It's... call it a sibling rivalry. We share a sire. I tell you this so there's no confusion. You need not fear I am not attempting to harm her. But I do need certain pressures eased, and she is unwilling to back down without pressure in the opposite direction, shall we say. Well, we'd be uh, hmm. happy to be of assistance. Okay. Good. You know of Elysium? Helena looks to Sam. She knows. Yeah, that's, uh, on Wednesdays, right? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Do you wish to reveal yourselves to the local Camarilla, or do you wish to remain unseen and unrecognized for the minute? Helen is always inclined towards being unseen and unrecognized. Um... But she feels it might be especially pertinent if she's going to be following the special. 
Sam, Sam feels more or less the same. Um, uh, for what purpose would we uh, reveal ourselves? I mean, technically, right. we're supposed to. We should have already, really. You, especially. Well, it's risk versus reward. If you reveal yourselves to the Camarilla quietly, then you may find assistance with some of their members. Particularly the Nosferatu. She says, glancing at Sam, they know full well discretion, but I don't doubt I need to tell you that. That said, you should probably... Though anyone is welcome in Elysium, they make a point of trying to extend a hand to the Anarchs. So anyone technically can show up in Elysium. You should probably only go there under cover of a good reason. If you do your job successfully tomorrow night, then I shall give you a very good reason to attend on Wednesday. You'll be accompanying me. Sam nods diligently. I'll... I'll let you know then. If nothing else, it can get you a look at an idea of who's who without revealing your hand, because you'll be there as part of my entourage and bodyguards. You appreciate it. That's the other two incredibly generous of you. Maybe a little too generous. Is this a, yeah. another boon situation? The boon from Shimmerman was quite substantial. And... Well, of course I have my reasons for doing this beyond generosity. I am an old whore, to put things simply, and that you can trust me when I say I'm getting something in exchange for this. But I do not believe that it will harm you or your situation to comply with me in this. You can count on us, then. Hmm. Good. Uh, one more thing. This, uh of yours uh, are they in the know have you told them about your mission or are they cover Sam shakes his head oh definitely cover they uh, I don't know if you've uh, noticed what Tommy's like but uh, yeah he's, he's, he's not fond of the Camarilla at all hmm That one. I was getting, I was getting his godfather diddled while he was in diapers. I'm not too worried about that one. <laughs> but the fact that somebody turned him, I can't overlook that it's maybe part of a game against me. I dearly hope I'm not going to have to bury the lad. Not what he's around anyway. He's a sweet man, is Eddie. <sighs> Though he hides it well. As to the other one, he's got a history. He's in my files. Well, should we uh 
be concerned about him being uh, proximal? I'll tell you this for free. He has a long history of disrespecting authority, which usually causes problems with the Gambarilla. However, I have noted from what the research I've done on him tonight that he rarely starts said problems. You may find a very sympathetic heart under that chest if approached the proper way. But who's to say? He's old and that does other things to you. Really can't find friends in the strangest places. The fact that you've fallen in with two such straight out of straight off the bat tells me something. Either somebody set it up or it was meant to be. Well If they cover, hang on to that as much as possible. I mean with uh with them at our side, we've uh, had conversations with the Dandy and uh, got ourselves some Anarch territory. Uh, it's, mm. it's keeping our cover quite quite thick, I'd say. Oh yes, I heard about that. Didn't know it was you, but I'd heard somebody had claimed that territory. Mm. Yeah, it's a mess, but uh, I'm glad our names aren't getting around too far. Mm. Let's keep it that way. Yeah, it's definitely keep it that way. Good luck with that. It's a small city as they go. I have the feeling, given your company, you'll be making waves soon enough. Lip smiles, and I think we'll fade out on that. And call it a night.